Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. My name is Josh Denhart, and we do this podcast for three simple reasons. Number one, we want to help you, the ministry leader, get organized. I think one of the greatest pains and strains of ministry, ministry leaders, is the overflow of information. If you can get yourself organized, you're going to be far ahead of the game. So we want to help you with that. Number two, we want to help you to stop the revolving door of volunteers. We think that if you do those two things, get organized, and you can stop the revolving door of volunteers, you will, number three, prevent ministry burnout. Interestingly enough, that's kind of our topic today, is how you can proactively be in the ministry seat for the long haul. Um, I have had my fair share of challenges and hardships, and it takes a toll on your mental, on your spiritual, and even on your physical body. Well, today we have a special guest, my good friend, Doug Walter. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Josh. Great to be here. Yeah. So Doug is uh, a friend of mine. He actually lives here locally and, and we didn't, th- that's a recent move. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, we knew one another in college and I, I knew you and your wife while y'all were still dating. <laughs> right. Right. That was a couple of decades or more. A couple decades ago, but you look exactly the same to me. Oh, well. That's nice of you, but <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been fun. Uh, it was fun all those years ago. And then we actually, you reached out to me out of nowhere mm-hmm. and, and you said, hey, I kind of see this amazing chemistry show thing, right? You remember that? Yeah, I had heard about this and heard about your ministry. And I thought this would be perfect for our church as an outreach for our children and families, as a kickoff to our fall ministries. And you did a great job. Kids loved it. Families were encouraged. So definitely highly recommend yeah. the Amazing Chemistry well, Show. Well, that's awesome. Well, fun thing, there was a lot of visitors there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, like the whole community comes out for the, things right, like that. I yeah. know. Uh-huh. And what, what, and years and years ago, Doug, I used to kind of like be like, oh my word. And I'd text my wife on the way home. The pastor said that like half of the people were visitors. Now I'm, I'm not shocked by that anymore. I'm no less encouraged. I'm still very, very mm-hmm. encouraged. But that's kind of the that's kind of the norm. So that's always fun. That was kind of our reconnection, mm-hmm. and then um, and then you moved to the metro, and we've been kind of becoming friends, buddy. Yeah. Kind of. Oh uh, man, it's been great. It's yep. been fun. Loved it. Well, Doug, you give us just a little bit of history in terms of you know your pastoral leadership, and and kind of you know how long you've been in ministry and some of those things as a pretense and a pretext for what we're going to talk about today, which is counseling in ministry. I think firmly, you believe firmly that Mm -hmm. if you are in a local church context or any kind of a ministry context, it behooves us Mm -hmm. to take care of ourselves. And one of the ways that we do that is to have offsite counseling. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But give us just a little bit of a breakdown as far as your history and who you are. Yeah, so I have been in ministry for nearly 20 years, right. and about half of those years I was serving as a family pastor in Kentucky, okay. and then moved to Iowa and served at a church for about 10 years as a lead pastor. Right. And so wife, four kids, and yeah, we're here now in Des Moines and loving it. Yeah, well, now you have a, a, a really an exciting new thing, mm-hmm. and I, I just... We're going to let the cat out of the bag. Right now, you are doing, you're, like you took some intense courses, mm-hmm. in an in, like seminary level courses in counseling. Mm-hmm. And now, I couldn't have imagined this pre-COVID yeah, a, right. as much, but now you, you're a professional counselor for those 
in ministry or typically ministry or beyond ministry? Uh, for sure, we uh, want to reach everyone, uh, but I enjoy speaking into the lives of those who have been in ministry, uh, just have a unique voice to be able to understand kind of what yeah. they are going through and how I can be the mouth of Christ and the ears of Christ yeah. for their situation. So interestingly enough, we all are probably familiar with you know somebody in a counseling situation. They have the counseling office. You kind of come to the door, mm-hmm. you wait in the waiting room, and that's not the type of counseling practice that you're rolling. Yeah. So I, I serve at the Gospel Care Collective and all the counseling is online, which is really convenient, accessible right from the comfort of your own right. home. So yeah, we we reach people all over, um, both here in the United States, even into Canada. Yeah. And so the funny thing is, is that pre-COVID, I, I just, I wouldn't have had a mental construct for online counseling. Right. And I think that that that's one of the positives that came out of COVID and, you know, people being far more comfortable because we were forced to, mm-hmm. to, to have interactions like that through zoom. And, and so that's what we're talking about today. So primarily we're talking about why people in ministry need counseling. That's first. Second, we're talking about the idea that you don't have to have to have to be restricted or be like, well, there's no, I don't, I don't have to drive 85 miles to the local big, the, the next big exactly. city. doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. So, so let, let's start with the idea, drum roll please, that ministry is hard. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, being in ministry, I have known uh, the bumps along the way. Um, it can be hard from so many points of view. And then you throw in COVID, politics, cultural kinds of things. Yes. The last two years have been extremely challenging. They have. And so people literally right now, um, it's kind of like, like PTSD on a weird level, mm-hmm. people are just kind of like, whoa, what, what happened in, in the workload that they had to endure was way different. A lot of new learnings, but not what, what didn't go away was just the regular old challenges of pastoral ministry. That's right, that's right. Like that didn't go away. Mm-hmm. And that was hard enough the way that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why do you think that now you and I talked and you, you talked about, see, we're entering right now into springtime. Here mm-hmm. we are in Iowa. We're in my home office, home yes. studio. And I was weird. I know a lot of places have these weird temperature fluxes. We definitely do. And so a couple weeks ago, it was, you know, 10 degrees <laughs> and like your face hurt when you walked outside, right? Yeah. You know, multiple inches of snow. And then, you know, today it's going to be like 60 degrees, 65 mm-hmm. degrees or something like that. So it's all, but one encouragement is spring is coming. Yes. The earth is absolutely tilting toward the sun <laughs> and that's an inevitability, right? Yeah. So with spring, you, you know, we both are kind of Iowa guys. We grew mm-hmm. up in Iowa. And from a farming standpoint, you brought up a very interesting analogy. Could you talk us through that? Yeah. So I think I heard this first from a pastor friend of mine. So every spring, uh, farmers have to get their field work ready to go. And part of the process is this necessary activity of what's called picking rock. Picking and rock. Picking rock. And so... Dude, can we do a picking with a little apostrophe? Right? <laughs> That's right. Picking rock. Picking right? rock. Or rock picking. Rock picking. Yeah. So uh, farmers, uh, they do whatever they can, uh, you know, to get their their fields ready uh, so they can plant something that's fruitful. But one of the necessary tasks is to pick rock. And so what happens as the springtime weather changes, so does the temperature underneath the soil. Mm-hmm. And rocks begin to emerge uh, from the ground. They've been hidden underneath the surface for, you know, that long time during the fall and winter. And now we see these rocks emerge. And so the, and, necessary, and yeah. the, the reason why they emerge, we're not going to get into the science of it, but I love science. <laughs> That's right. Is that, is that the, the, you know, 
um, water. Water actually is less dense. Mm-hmm. The liquid water is less dense than the solid. So, sol- excuse me, in, in, other way around. Ice is less dense, i.e. it floats at the top of your iced tea glass, right? Ah, uh, yeah. So, w- like the freezing and the cooling of the ground, freezing and then, you know, warming up, it pushes rocks yes. to the surface that were t- were not seen before. Right, exactly. So that, that becomes a metaphor of counseling ministry. We want to do whatever we can to kind of apply the warmth of the gospel of oh. God's grace to the hearts of people. And as that happens, uh, rocks begin to be pushed up to the surface mm. that were hidden, uh, buried beneath in our hearts. We couldn't see them. Things like idols in our lives, uh, tendencies towards legalism, uh, emotions, um, anger, you know, sadness. Hurt that's happened to us yes, from the hand of another. Absolutely. Shame, all kinds of things that are being brought up to the surface so that we can, in turn, help to pick the rock, so to speak, to make the soil more fruitful for later. I, I mean, I got goosebumps. I'm about, I mean, like I could tear up. Honest. Mm. I got, you can see them. I got goosebumps. And yeah. the reason I think that's special is the warmth of the gospel is going to cause hidden pains mm. mm-hmm. and challenges and, and struggles that we might have to come to the surface. Yeah. And then as they come to the surface, if you leave them there, you're going to have a less fruitful harvest. Exactly. Yeah. And the reality is some are going to be heavier, bigger rocks Mm -hmm. that we didn't know about. And we need help uh, to lift those as they come up to the surface. Um, So as we were discussing this, there's often two big reasons for counseling. You get the outward hard things and you have the inward hard things. Let's Let's talk about those two briefly, and let's start with this with the outward hard things. Yeah, the the outward hard things. I mean, we saw this uh, right up close uh, the last couple of years, and how ministry is just hard. It is difficult when you add on the layers of you know COVID, as we mentioned, and all of the dramatic changes that are being taking place in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, navigating all of that is so difficult and exhausting. Uh, compiled with that, you see the the loneliness that can happen, you know, in ministry and right. how so often we don't have another safe space, another voice that we can mm-hmm. uh, just be honest, you know, with our struggles and be able to be, um, you know, bearing our, you know, weaknesses and our, you know, the things that we're going through. Insecurities, our, our frustrations. Yeah, so much right there. So to be vulnerable is to take a risk, right? It is. Uh, especially with those who we're working with. And counseling provides that safe, sacred space. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I always say, Doug, that, that like ministry is not like the banker who's in my small group. <laughs> right. Or, or, or not like the programmer who's in my small group. Right. And they come to small group at our house, right, house groups. And, and they freely say, man, my boss is driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. And that is a safe place for them to do that. If I'm on staff at a church... I don't really get the freedom to say exactly. my boss is driving me nuts because my boss is their pastor. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, before too long, you begin to realize, wow, this is a unique job. Mm-hmm. And there are unique, um, like, like job hazards. And one of them is you can't really talk about the reality of the personality difficulties mm-hmm. or decision-making difficulties as another person, mm-hmm. another job. And the majority and or all of my friends go to the church. Right. Right. And so counseling then provides this outside space where they are not enmeshed mm-hmm. in 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 the the throes of the current ministry. Now, interestingly enough, Doug, I have had counselors 
in my mm-hmm. life. I was very, 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 I'm a huge proponent. My wife and I both are, are double thumbs up for counseling. Yeah, and, good. and, uh, and I've had three, the first one, like we met together and it was like genius. And then that was what I needed. I needed to, and he explained some stuff. Uh, the other guy was a good dude. Wasn't the best fit. And then this, this new guy, I mean, it, it comes down to finding the right fit, would mm-hmm. you say? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and I think also not only just the hard things of the last two years and the loneliness in ministry, but I also think it's the weight of other people's problems. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So as you, as you know, in ministry, uh, it's coming at you from all sides. And uh, most often we don't get a chance to really breathe ourselves. Uh, we've got our own families to take care of right. in addition to the burdens of all the people we're ministering to. And so I have seen the emotional weight of ministry um, just be too much to bear. And right. oftentimes we just don't have a place, a refuge where we can run and communicate these struggles. Right. And, you know, the longer that you're at a church, then... It, it, what I what I found was interesting. I was on staff. I was at this church for sixteen years, on staff for ten, and before long, you begin to develop deep, more intimate relationships with different random people. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, somebody out there might be like, "Well, I'm not the senior pastor. I'm not the counseling pastor. This doesn't apply to me. This hard things. This is not true, mm-hmm. because you can become that one person that somebody really loves mm-hmm. and that they trust. Right. And so when their time of of low, dark, hard, crushing, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, you could be the person who they come to at 917. This is not a joke, by the way, at 917 at night before my kids are going to school <laughs> the next day. And we spend many, many, many hours mm-hmm. with this couple in our very own living room. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, their lives are falling apart mm-hmm. and that takes a toll on us. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to get outside of the church, because guess what? That couple who was having serious difficulties, I can't go to my friends and go, dang, <laughs> right? right? Yes. Just, there's a confidentiality piece mm-hmm. that comes with pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. And so to have somebody else out there that I can go, this was really hard. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I threw out my spiritual back on this one, <laughs> right? right? So that's another good reason. Oopsie, another good reason for counseling. Okay, so we got the outward things, COVID stuff and mm-hmm. loneliness and ministry and the weight of other people's problems. But now what about inward hard things, Doug? Yeah, I have noticed in my own life and talking with many ministry leaders that um, so many of us beat ourselves up. We have what's called an inner critic that is, mm-hmm. is constantly berating ourselves. We, we have this voice that we listen to uh, throughout the day uh, that's reminding us we're just not enough. So mm-hmm. this is shame that comes in from our stories. It can come in a variety of ways in our past. Uh, but more often than not, we replay situations over and oh over again word, and right. rethink, right? I should have done that better. Why did that go this way? Did I really say that, right? Yes. And we beat ourselves up to the point where we're shaming ourselves, condemning ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is like, this rings like way too close to home. Mm-hmm. I think I am one of the worst people to relive and play out scenarios mm-hmm. and re-rehearse not healthy. And so here's the funny thing. Gosh, when you're going to bed at night, I find that like, as the, like think of my brain as a computer, cause it kind of is right. And as you're shutting down your computer, it's like closing down a certain number of files. Right. And then sometimes there's like these ones that are the last thing and my, my mind goes back to them. And then I re-rehearse mm. 
And I'm like, wow, that's been, that's been playing in the background mm-hmm. and as I'm shutting down. So I think a lot of ministry leaders out there or humans in general oh, yeah. could definitely relate to that one, mm-hmm. that inner critic and mm-hmm. replaying. Uh, those aren't healthy. That's a rock that, mm-hmm. God help me, I want that to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I often need help because uh, some of those rocks are heavy enough that it's a two-man job. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Well, what about um, what about like the inability to see things for ourselves? Because that's a huge piece that you were telling me about that counseling helps with. Yeah, I think that um, all of us uh, struggle to see ourselves rightly. Uh, we have blind spots in our lives, mm-hmm. and we need someone else who can provide an objective, um, objective eyes to see things we don't mm-hmm. see, uh, can go deeper into our story uh, to discover, hey, that's the reason why you're presently struggling with this, because that's an issue that goes all the way back into your right. past. Right. right. And, and also, like, I have the ability, I'm not, let, let's not call it judgment. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can, my heart can go down a judgmental road, but I can actually see sometimes where others might be stumbling mm-hmm. and others see pretty easily where I'm stumbling. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's and the old plank in the eye. It is, isn't thing. it? Right. And, and a counselor can be a soft, mm. really soft space to say, Hey, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Right. And it's a non-threatening, it isn't job related, mm-hmm. right? I always tell people like, well, we have a counselor on staff. And I'm like, ah, that's, I would, I would encourage you to not mm-hmm. go to your counselor on staff. There's certain aspects that you can find camaraderie mm-hmm. with your staff people, but there's certain aspects that you don't want to be a t- tied to your employment, right, right? right? Well, Doug, what about, um, you know, this idea uh, both you and I are both married mm-hmm. and the scriptures are pretty clear when Paul says, Hey, Marriage is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I give it a thumbs up. However, it's t- it's tough. Oh yeah, and you're going to experience hardship and trouble in marriage. And so, mm-hmm. you've got the hardships of COVID. You've got the loneliness in ministry. The weight of other people's problems. Let's mm-hmm. never forget, however, that I've got problems right here at home mm-hmm. that that are not necessarily um, terrible, mm-hmm. but it it is a grind. Mm-hmm. And ministry can actually sharpen. Not I don't mean that in a good way. Mm-hmm. It can actually cause the teeth of the gears to grate on each other pretty, pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes our marriages are, you know, struggling and we just keep going on with ministry and we don't slow down, slow down enough to really look into our marriages and see if there's issues that kind of like those rocks mm-hmm. are just underneath, uh, being buried and we need someone else to show us, Hey, Uh, This is an issue right here. Uh, These are things in your marriage that are concerning, but also to point out the hope and the encouragement. I think that's another point in counseling. It's not always, hey, this is going wrong, but do you see that this is evidence of God's grace? And to continue on in that and to be encouraged by that. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, Just the other day I was having a conversation and just like I need somebody to point out my blind spots, I need somebody to point out, dude, your life is going really yes. well. Yes, and be kind to yourself, yeah. right? You've introduced here that comes concept. back the inner critic again. You yeah. know, it rears its ugly head, and we need to be as patient with ourselves as God is patient with us. Right. You know, to be gentle with ourselves and say this is a longer process, and and to realize that that God's grace is 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 greater than our struggles. He can overcome those difficulties, right. and He's with you. Yes, always. <laughs> And, you know, Doug, I have been encouraging you to write a book. Mm. Uh, I, I do think you should. I, I, I follow you on social media and you just put out like these daily little bursts 
mm-hmm. that are like just compile them and expand on them. Right? <laughs> well, they're actually things that are helping me and I hope it helps someone else. It, that's okay. my heart. Okay, yeah. so that's another thing is that I think that a counselor who walks themselves with a limp mm. is going to be the best counselor. Yeah. Right? Somebody who has been like, hey, uh, I, what does it say in Second Corinthians 1, 3? Yeah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, mm-hmm. the God of all comfort, who comforts us right. in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort others in any affliction with the comfort with which God himself has comforted That's us. exactly right. Yeah. So you've had hard things. You have, um, you, and so those things that you're writing, mm-hmm. yourself you're, you're being kind to yourself mm-hmm. and self-soothing and others are getting that. My point is, mm-hmm. is that you got a lot of wisdom with mm-hmm. this idea and you've introduced me as a person to the idea of us being kind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've learned from you. And I really, oh, really appreciate that. Thank you. Why is burnout like such, I mean, it just seems like it's this formidable foe <laughs> in a ministry context that is just it's different mm-hmm. than the banker. It's different than the coder. They have their their challenges, mm-hmm. but ministry comes with its unique ones. And I mean, I think it's yeah. these things that we've talked about. But what else? So uh, I think it's we're so susceptible to this uh, constant emotional engagement, right? We we can't yeah. let go of the fact that we minister out of our hearts, and so that's that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, we are we are constantly making decisions. We're we're shepherding uh, people. And we're, we're expending a lot of mental, emotional energy. It's mm-hmm. nonstop. And what I've noticed in ministry is we don't want to stop. We don't want to slow down. Preach you know? that. Yeah. So that's where the tiredness, exhaustion comes. You compound that along with your inner world. And if you're constantly beating evaluating yourself, yourself mm-hmm. and beating yourself mm-hmm. up, um, it makes for uh, just this recipe for burnout eventually. Okay. What you said is quite interesting that we really down deep, we really don't want to stop. No. And I think there's, there's that wiring in us. Uh, this is anti-gospel, right? Keep performing, keep trying harder to get further. Mm-hmm. And the gospel says, rest in the finished work of Christ. Right. And from that place of rest, then you can run. Right. But so often we're running, 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 and we're not resting. Yeah. And, and I think that American like Western mm-hmm. 21st century ministry is, is, is sometimes inappropriately demanding mm-hmm. and we don't really have, and we think, yeah, we have our own self who, who is misinterpreting the gospel that we need to continue to work, but there's all kinds of signals that are helping reinforce that Oh yeah, big time. Well, you know, we've talked about the outer challenges. We've talked about the inner challenges. We've talked about these rocks that are coming up, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Now, we did allude to this earlier. Counseling has absolutely changed. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really, really, really powerful. Um, you know, when I was going to counseling, I mean, I worked at a big church. And I, I you know, you keep saying me, gosh, Josh, you know a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're well connected. Yeah. And so... I wanted to take care of my soul, but there, I'm just being real with you. This is maybe maybe my own insecurity, and I'm very willing to to float that. But I didn't like sitting in the waiting room, mm-hmm. and and I didn't like seeing people that I knew, mm-hmm. or or having the anxiety of possibly seeing people that I knew. Uh, I think that's a common human struggle. Oh, for sure. 
And I don't know that it's right. And, you know, I think, if, I think I would be foolish if I were to say, oh yeah, just, Hey, you're, you're showing everybody that you're caring for you. No, man. I felt like, <laughs> I felt like I, I didn't want to be seen. Well, and yeah, there still is somewhat of a stigma, right? There about is, those getting Doug. to get counseling. It seems as though, wow, you must be really, really messed up if you took that step. <laughs> And, and we want to say, yes. I am. I am, actually. <laughs> and, and, and that's the reality. I think that if uh, we can come to that place that we're all deep down, pretty insecure, weak, broken people who need help. That's yeah. the starting place. It's really a step of humility and courage to say, I need someone else to help me. To talk, to, talk about this, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so there is a stigma. We get that. There's this internal fear that you're going to be stigmatized. Mm-hmm. But this new kind of way that you're doing counseling and the Gospel Care Collective is doing counseling is that it couldn't be, it it, it, it removes mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how you guys go about doing things. Yeah, so at the Gospel Care Collective, we want to make it really accessible. Um, we offer online biblical counseling. It's gospel-centered, clinically informed. We want to hear your story, but we want to do so just from the, the comfort of your own home. And so it makes it really easy. Uh, all of this can be done online and uh, through uh, video technology, and it makes for just a really easy, accessible way of doing counseling. It does. And, and again, like I said at the, at the onset, I just don't think this, that people would have been like, oh, that's weird. Right. <laughs> two, two and a half years ago, right? Yeah. And, and, but, but not only is it not weird, you're actually seeing a lot of fruit in people's lives. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, okay, so comfort of their own home. They can schedule with ease. Uh, you know, as I said, I didn't feel comfortable sitting there. I even asked, hey, is there a back door? <laughs> right, <laughs> I literally, exactly. I literally asked that. Uh, you know, Zoom allows for this layer of anonymity and a layer of privacy. Mm-hmm. And as we kind of close the podcast, what I want to say to the podcast listener, which, by the way, people have gotten a hold of me. And they're like, man, what you said on this one podcast, it, it actually changed the trajectory mm. of the way that I was doing this or that, or I needed ministry coaching or I needed to whatever. So this could be one of those for somebody out there. And what I want to say, maybe this is the season mm-hmm. where you need counseling. And this is a, and maybe this conversation has resonated with you. Maybe, maybe you would like to start a conversation with a counselor. And, and begin to say, hey, I'm kind of freaking out. I've never done this before, but I have some, I have some rocks mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I, I could, I could use some help. And I, I just, you know, maybe that could even be you, Doug. Yeah. I mean, to use the analogy again, it could have been a dark, cold winter for you and spring right. is coming, right? And God is applying the warmth of the gospel of grace and wants to come into your soul and push those things up. And you may need some help. And we want to offer that help to you. And so at the Gospel Care Collective, uh, led by our director, Jason Kovats, uh, we want to be that help for you and to provide hope for you. And so it's real easy. Gospelcarecollective.com mm-hmm. is where you go. Mm-hmm. Just click there and you'll find mm-hmm. uh, just on that page uh, counselors, including myself, that would be uh, more than happy uh, to yeah. help you. Yeah. And, you know, Doug, you're a man of peace. Mm-hmm. You're a man of peace. You're a man that's filled with grace. You, 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 you look for people and you resonate with people who have, who walk with a limp 
because mm-hmm. you and I both yeah. together, we both walk with a limp. Yeah. And so there's trust there. Uh, the other thing that I think is very, very, very powerful is, is you've been there in terms of a pastor yeah. in pastoral leadership, right? This is not, yeah. you know, it's, it's out of, that's out of 22 decades, 20 years of experience mm. that you speak into the lives of mm-hmm. people as opposed to, you know, got out of college and opened up a practice and mm. let me kind of try to relate. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And even uh, so many of your listeners I know are coming from a, a kid's ministry background. Yeah. And I know that world, you know, as a family yeah, pastor, do. children's ministry, man, I resonate with you folks. For t- Love for what years. you do. Yes. Yes. I, I see the struggles. I see the challenges. And so I, I identify with you and understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And so Doug Walter, and again, Doug, you're on the Gospel Care Collective page as one, and I've referred several people to you. Mm, right? Thank you. Yeah. And and uh, so so just give us that. Give us the, the URL one more time. Give us your first and last name and how they can get a hold of you. Can you do that for us? Yeah. So Doug Walter with an O, no S, and GospelCareCollective.com. You'll find everything right there where you can go to uh, just schedule the counseling uh, appointments. And there's an email. As well, it's Doug at GospelCareCollective.com. If you have any more questions, love to help you. Yeah, yeah. And you can also reach out to me through all the different channels that I have. Doug's a good friend of mine. Um, he's been he's been uh, a friend and, you know, just kind of a co-laborer. And I just I just love him. So I, I wanted to, to, to talk about this conversation today. I think it's very, very, very appropriate. Well, gang, this has been just one more quick episode here of the Lead Volunteers podcast. I want to be transparent. If you've stuck with us this long and you're still listening, here's what I want to tell you. Guess what? You need counseling. (laughs) You need counseling. You're like, wow, do I have problems? Yes. Yes, you do. And I do as well. Uh, And God loves you. And we were never intended to do this thing alone. One of the hardest things about ministry is that you're often finding yourself doing it alone. We would love to have you get organized, of course, stop the revolving door of volunteers, but one of the main things is to prevent ministry burnout. Gang, thanks so much for sticking with us. We'll catch you on the next one.